Welcome to Spread Talk with Pam and John, also known as The Calm, Before the Storm. Our purpose is to elevate the conversation and amplify special education resources. And our why is about making the impossible possible. How are you doing, Dr. Henry? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for joining us. Yes, I'm pleased to join you today. We're excited to have you guys on and to talk about some of the really cool things going on with the TIER project and just learn more. Many of us know how important it is to have, you know, that research base, that evidence base, you folks, and as well as your project and all those involved, that's the focus here is to make sure that we are not just doing stuff, but the things that we are doing are backed, right? They're researched and they are shown to be effective. Exactly. Uh, Dr. Henry, so we'll just give you a little bit of information about SPAD Talk and the whole purpose of the podcast, which is to elevate conversation around special education in Texas and to focus on some of the positive things that are going on within school districts or within the agency. Right now, we've also talked with parents and we kind of spread out and just really looking at children with disabilities are being served in Texas as well as how parents perceive the services. And that's kind of our gig is that we, we're really about promoting the positive in special education because there's a lot of negative out there. And as a former special ed teacher, and that's the purpose of our podcast, uh, John and I, we expanded this year. So we've added uh, Sarah, Jan, so they may be jumping on and asking questions as well about the TIA program. So just feel free to share information about the program. Frank, we're glad you're here with us. Thank you for having us. Dr. Henry, you, would you like to tell our listeners about the TIA program and actually what it stands for? Sure. <laughs> that <laughs> always helps that. when we yes. have all of these lovely acronyms in exactly. education. Someone once told me it was alphabet soup we have going on <laughs> in education. So a TIA is tiered interventions using evidence-based research. And so that is what TIER stands for. And it's one of the TEA-funded networks that provide support and assistance across all Texas public schools. We're excited that TEA has funded us and is committed to providing the effective supports for our students in Texas public schools, specifically our students with disabilities. And so our TIER uh, project is really designed to provide a lot of support to educators and stakeholders who are interested in intervention best practices and multi-tiered system of supports framework. We have so many resources that are coming out and available to schools and, and we're super excited about sharing those. So this year we started out with just moving pretty quickly and having some webinars on um, to, to support with our new environment of remote learning. And so that was sort of our big thing the, at the beginning of the year where we launched into having a series on these webinars to provide that. And so that's available on our tier website. And um, I want to be sure just to, to say if people don't have access and haven't gone to our uh, website, that it is a website that's available for them to go to. And um, it's at tier.tea.texas.gov. And so um, if they would log on to that website, they will be able to see. We are super excited about that introduction. And that's the first set of pathways under 
what we're calling a module, introduction module. And then we have another one that follows called the leadership module. And the leadership module will include similar information, but it really just goes into what do leaders need to know to support our learners with intervention and support teachers and, and stakeholders who are trying to build these strong teams around intervention best practices. In the leadership and I, I feel like I'm just going on and on. I should probably take a breath, right? And, and have some dialogue. So let me take a breath now and, <laughs> and give some time for dialogue. Yeah, I, I was thinking, man, she's on a roll. <laughs> so, I get excited talking. I, well, that's good. I was like, okay, she's answering my questions. So I'll have to come over with more questions. I'm going to slow you down a little bit. For someone who's really new and really don't understand this concept when we're talking about interventions and why would you use interventions and what type of students are we talking about? You know, you guys have a lot of resources. And we've always said Texas is resource rich, but the problem is we're resource rich. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes the problem is just understanding even how to use the resource or why they should use the resource. We are really focused on using our data to help determine uh, intervention needs of students. And we're talking about when, and this is one thing that's important for educators, when we're talking about multi-tiered system of supports framework, this encompasses all, all children in schools. So we're looking to make sure that we can determine if there are any needs that students may have based on what data is telling us. So as they're assessed and they get into school and they may find that they are struggling with struggling or having difficulty, then we want to make sure to implement, and this is why we talk about multi-level tiers of intervention, we want to intervene early. And so we would then provide them with some supports to try to um, ensure that they are able to stay on grade level have the appropriate behavior and all of the things and supports they need to be able to just function and be in the classroom with their classmates successfully. When that is not the case, when students are struggling and data is showing us that, that they're struggling, then we have intervention. And so we have our multi-levels of uh, tiered intervention. And so it may be that they move into, we typically talk about three tiers. So we'd have our core instruction, which would be tier one. And then if they're not able to successfully engage in the learning environment in tier one, they would remain in tier one, but we'd also add this level of support, what we're calling tier two support. And so tier two support would give them intervention that is specifically focused on those things that they're struggling with. And like I said, it could be academics, it may be behavior, and we want to make sure that we are um, using those supports, helping students to be able at some point, hopefully not need the additional support from the intervention. If uh, when we see that tier two is also in tier two may be the intervention that is in a smaller group and it is focused on the specific needs that the student has. When they're not you know, showing any progress and we're using progress monitoring to determine whether or not students are uh, showing progress. When that's not the case, then we would move into more individualized support. And that would be the other level tier three that we would be moving students to. That's why our, our nifty little name, tiered intervention using evidence-based research really helps because it helps not only 
with understanding that intervention is important, but it helps also when we're talking about multi-level and having tiers of intervention. Just to rewind and, and summarize sort of that is that it is for all students when we're thinking about the supports for all students, but that we're also considering, you know, when students are not successful, that uh, data is telling us that there are some needs that students have, that we're using that data to inform the intervention that is supporting those learners. One more question. When we look at behavior, so what data would they use? Because sometimes interventions, although it sounds, you know, orderly, sometimes it's not orderly. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Pam, it really did. And you're talking about behavior, <laughs> just mental health uh, with my background in counseling. And so I know, and that's one area I believe, you know, Dr. Henry, I'd love to hear from you and from Frank as well, if, if, if so, the, the, the understanding of how multi-tiered systems of support really encompasses those maybe mental health needs, those a need for a referral to counseling, a need for wraparound type things. And, and, and correct me if I start pushing this conversation in a direction that maybe it doesn't fit. But, you know, my understanding is that, listen, this, this child, if we start from where this child sits, where that experience is walking into this room, this building, and then when things don't add up, what is it that does not add up? And maybe it is instruction in reading per kind of RTI, the way we've thought about response to intervention for years, you know, not, not right or wrong, but just the way we've kind of in schools, I think maybe envision that. But now with multi-tiered systems of support, we're saying, listen, that goes beyond maybe academic uh, achievement, uh, maybe emotional, maybe um, psychological, maybe. And what are those needs and how do we fill those gaps through these tiered support? And Janice, can I step in for a quick second oh, here? please, yes. I'm, I'm going to take us back just a little bit before we kind of, and I, I'm going to ask you, Janice, to kind of hold on to that because I, I know you've got a response for that. But <laughs> I think it's important that we kind of step back a little bit to to kind of answer why tier. It, it kind of comes to your point, John, and, and, and it kind of blends in with that. But I, I, I'd like to talk about why was this network developed? One of the reasons I think is, as we all know, a few years ago, there was a, a well-published article that was was put put out. OSEP intervened, right? They they came in, take took a look at us. And I'm just going to summarize it. Found some things that we needed work on. We needed to improve. Like with anything, we're always looking, you know, for improvement. One of the things that was found during that visit. And during their interactions with a lot of the uh, with the educators across Texas and, and their monitoring kind of thing, not monitoring, but going out and actually speaking to the field is one of the things that was 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 made clear to us is that there wasn't a true guidance, a, a, a clear guidance, not maybe not true, but a clear guidance in the field in the area of RTI, for instance. And this was found out through, I mean, their, their interactions with, with teachers and just asking. And sometimes they found that within the same district, two different schools had a different interpretation of what RTI meant and how to proceed and how to, you know, the language was kind of here and there. There was not one unifying type message. And so that's kind of where we thought, and I think the agency thought felt that it was important that one message was being used across the state and one kind of clear guidance. That's where we needed to improve to, to, to provide guidance to, to the state in that area. And we, as an agency at that time, 
realized at that time was that we had PBIS here outside, we had RTI, and then we were getting this new legislation with, with mental health and you know areas within that framework, right? And so they were all kind of siloed, really. It felt like siloed. And I think tier, we decided we wanted to kind of bring that all under one umbrella because that is one, I mean, that those all those aspects are part of the whole child, right? Amen. It's academics, behavior, hence kind of that's where tier came from is we're yeah. trying to bring that together into one house under one guidance with as many resources as we can get that are quality, evidence-based, in line with national with the national conversation that's kind of why we have tier that's the why of tier and we're you know we're really kind of in our infancy <laughs> we last year was spent wholly on development of materials these 10 modules that dr henry's talked about still working on them we're still trying to fine tune and we're still trying to as far as my from my point of view i'm trying to make sure that they're aligned with other things that are going on in T with TEA. So that everything, you know, again, we have one language and, and, and TIER is doing a great job of, of bringing that all, housing it under one roof on our website. And from there, hopefully, you know, we're gonna start trying to do the implementation. I mean, obviously we've got the development, kind of grow our resources and grow the same language across the state, but uh, obviously that's gonna take some time. And, and uh, we, we know that everybody is anxious to really have this information out there, and, and, but we wanna make sure that it's quality. We wanna make sure that it's, it's consistent um, and it is following national conversations. So, Janice, I know that was a little long-winded. I apologize. No, uh, you may have already forgotten what the initial question was. So, uh, Dr. Bullion, if you, if you could re repeat that for her. I think what you said, you know, humbling for myself and I think many educators that have been in the field for years and, and have felt like we all have the same purpose, right? We all have the same why, and it's we want kids to thrive. And and I think sometimes in a state the size of Texas with the, 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 the geographic and the, just the pers personalities and the values, you know, it all varies across these different settings. And so to have a, this kind of ongoing two-way conversation with uh, individuals like yourself uh, at the agency and with our, our projects and our networks and, our, and to see that, you know, while we still have plenty of work to do, we're all starting to try to move in that same direction, share that common language. Um, this is just evidence of that. And I, I really do believe that the work that TIER is doing is probably some of the most important of any of the projects because at the end of the day, we could, I can work all day long, so hard, sweat, tears, you name it, and still be where I was when I started. If I'm not doing effective, right? If I'm still doing something that's called special and it's not that special, then why am I doing it? Like we need to be doing effective things with kids to make sure their needs are met. And so that's where I feel like the focus of this, where this project is. And so that's why it's exciting to have you guys on. And Frank, you and I both will go. So listen, you and I will talk afterwards. I'll be quiet now. And, and Dr. Henry, I was just asking about, you know, about that, that mental health piece and how MTSS is more than just, than, you know, academic interventions and such. Right. Right, that's um, definitely an important part of this conversation. And when, as Frank mentioned, we are working on having modules that are prepared and ready to disseminate information. But an important point that he made was that it's connected to the national conversation. And so, um, 
we are using resources from the National Center on Intensive Intervention to support the uh, information that we're sharing, but we really want to, um, to really have the integration within NTSS for mental health and, and behavior be a large part of the work. You know, we tend to sometimes focus on just the academic component, but when we do that, we, we leave out a lot that needs to be done in regard to uh, mental health and behavior. So uh, we have dedicated modules specifically, one that is for behavior and in the behavior module, we'll have information that um, people will be familiar with that uh, with PBIS, the Positive Behavioral Interventions and Support, so we'll have information there. Uh, we will include partnering with families for PBIS implementation. We will include universal examples of PBIS. We will include targeted PBIS implementation. And so really looking at you know, social competence, uh, and academic achievement. And we'll look at some of the decision-making that goes in and how we support not only student behavior, but staff behavior and really thinking about those systems that support implementation. Um, we are going to include um, information for interconnected schools framework, both thinking about that at a district level and campus level. And when we jump into having information we, we we've struggled a little bit and just in the conversation about you know do we need to include behavior and mental health together do those need to be their own separate modules and uh you know that's been a conversation that many of our network members who are from the 20 education service centers across the state we have people who are involved with tier and we ask them for input and that's been some of the conversation and the struggle there that we want to make sure that we have it and so we've talked about making sure that that behavior has its own specific module and mental health has its own specific module and so the integrating MTSS and mental health will be right after when we think about our development, right after the behavior, we will have that part that comes in. And it's going to include social and personal competencies as well. It will include restorative practices and it will include trauma sensitive schools. We'll be looking specifically at what uh, the National Center on Intensive Intervention and AIR and all of the national centers that are supporting this work across the nation will look at that and what are, uh, what are supports that they have. And, when we look at things that are already available, and that was an also a big part of tier, not just to create new things for the sake of having, like we talked about, all of the abundance of resources that are there in Texas, but really aligning the conversation, making sure that we're using resources that are already available. And when we look at their website and the resources that they have, you'll, you'll begin to see when we have our resources um, on our website, the alignment. And so that'll be a really, really good thing. You'll be able to see the, you know, when we talk about PBIS as the structure, organization, we'll talk about expectations, rules, reinforcements of desired behavior, um, and how students are supported through tiered levels of intervention with those. I was going to check with Jen and see if she had a question, like she was going to jump on. Yes, as a matter of fact, that was going to be my next question. As you'd mentioned, you have a module specific for behavior, you have a module specific for mental health. 
Can you talk a little bit about the other modules that you guys have in development? Yes, for sure. The 10 include our introduction um, module. We have our leadership module. And those two are going to be what are the foundation for. And this is another, just an added piece. And I can talk about this in a moment, but we'll have a cadre of trainers who are trainers across the state getting this information and these resources to disseminate to our districts across the state. So we'll start with those as the foundation, the introduction and leadership. But we also have a module on communities. And so we will have specific information about how stakeholders have that shared vision for MTSS. Uh, we'll talk about sharing even in decision-making and how communities are a big part of that, building partnerships between home and school and how that's important creating belonging with our highly mobile students will be a part of that and even collaboration with our foster families and military families. So in our communities module, we'll include those things. So we have our behavior module, we have our mental health module. We also have, which is a big and important part of tier is screening. So we have an entire module that's dedicated to screening, the importance of screening and how screening is an important part of academics and behavior and even how um, the data might be interpreted as well. We also have another module we're calling progress monitoring. We want to not only provide the intervention support, but continue monitoring how our students showing progress. And so that progress monitoring module is going to be very important. And that's going to be broken down uh, with reading, writing, mathematics, behavior, and also goal setting. So that will be all parts of the progress monitoring module. And we'll have another module that we're calling decision-making. In the decision-making module, you'll see some looped information from uh, the introduction and leadership module because we'll jump into talking about effective problem-solving teams. And so again, it just reiterates the importance of people collaborating and working together to ensure that uh, students have the supports that they need. We'll also, um, in the decision-making module, we will have diagnostics, again, going back to, and we'd like to to keep a, a pattern. So we'll always focus back on reading, writing, mathematics, behavior. So we'll, we'll do that within the modules that are focused on progress monitoring, that are focused on decision-making. And then when we get into academics, we'll have those as well, those focus, the focus underneath the academics, but also on explicit instruction, just going in and having some important dialogue and resources and support for the gradual release of responsibility, the I do, we do, you do model, and thinking about all of those important things that go into explicit instruction in academics. We'll include our 10th module is culturally and linguistically responsive pedagogies, which is also an important part that's looped into other modules. Janice, well. can, can I jump in real quick? There's yes. one thing that I think is, is really important, being a former educator and kind of seeing the need for this, but I think it's important to note that in that academics section that there are actually pathways for elementary and secondary. So for reading, there's an elementary pathway and then there's one for secondary, which I know as a special education teacher, uh, sometimes I would go to and, and receive a training on something, but I didn't know how to exactly move that from, you know, it, it was geared for maybe more for a secondary level 
they did make that separation in the academics, which I, I think is is going to be very very important. I, th I think that is it's something that educators will will hopefully find uh, useful. So you're not, you know, if if you're an elementary school teacher, you you can focus strictly on the work for you know how to, how to improve myself with this elementary school type scenarios. So. Anyway. I'm glad you jumped in and shared that. That's important because we do have that situation where we want to make sure that when you're getting on and looking for our resources, that there will be something for everyone and uh, there'll be, you know, that division so that you don't have to think, oh, how do I revamp this and make it work for me? So I'm glad you brought that up, Frank. Thank you. Um, I should stop saying that we have 10 modules and go ahead and say that we have 11 because we have the database individualization that will be an added module as well. So uh, that'll probably just be next year when um, that one may be more available. But those are our modules. Thank you for that question. Oh, go ahead, Jen. I heard you jumping in. I had a couple of them that actually piqued my interest. Can you tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit more about those two particular modules? including the community and then the leadership to build from within. In the leadership module, the creating the instructional program really has our, our leaders to take a look at what are the interventions that are being used? How do we know these interventions are evidence-based? Really spending time going in, uh, using tools and resources like the ones that are available on the National Center for intensive intervention, they have uh, tools where leaders can go and plug in some of those features or elements that show something is evidence-based. They can look specifically for intervention programs that they're using to see what does the evidence show and are these um, intervention programs actually in line with what research tells us is uh, evidence-based and effective for students. So we'll be using those tools and resources in that leadership module, really having our leaders to take a look at the assessment plan. What are the assessments that are being used to support um, getting the information that will help us to determine the needs that students have? In that module, we will spend some time having uh, our leaders to determine who fits best in a problem-solving team. That we don't just go and grab all kinds of people because we want warm bodies and seats, but we're really strategic about who we are including to make these important decisions about what's happening with our students. So that's an important piece as well in that module. The leadership the leadership module, I can give you probably more information than I can on the communities because communities are still more uh, being worked on right now, more so than leadership. I've spent more time in this one um, because it really does try to take into account everything that we're doing and give information that would support having this overall general look at uh, what multi-tier systems of support framework looks like. Professional development pathway is one that's also included. And this is also just being strategic for leaders to think about how are we strategic in the professional development that we're providing. It's also so that we don't just give out programs and think that programs teach students, but we consider 
you know, what information our educators need to best support our student learners rather than saying, oh, we've spent all of this money on a wonderful program and this program is going to do what it needs to, to make our students um, successful. You know, we have to be conscious of programs don't teach students, you know. We have educators in place for an important reason. And so in this leadership module, we'll spend some time on, on supporting them to think about the professional development that is needed. Actually spending time training on the programs that are being used. Because sometimes we have these programs and that are in place that have been in schools and sometimes they're found in, in storage closets and still in saran wrap. And we you know have all of these things, but haven't spent detailed amount of time ensuring that we can use them and use them well. And so that's an important part that will be included in that module. We'll also take a look at uh, just developing a solid plan for the multi-tiered system of supports framework. So what does a solid plan include? And that's where I believe we'll have the opportunity to bring in these other modules. With our, our communities that you're interested in that module, you know, as I said, we're spending some time that's still one of the ones that is under more of development, but it'll have those pieces about just creating the shared vision. So aligning our thinking around what supports our students need and how that looks, really including our stakeholders, our parents and families, and understanding that when we're looking at a problem solving team, uh, that we have educators that have important information, but we also can get really good and important information from our families. And knowing that families have a lot to share that is so important for our students is a big deal. And so we want to include that and that's going to be included in our communities module. And, and that sense of belonging that all students need. So when we have those pathways that include that sense of belonging for our highly mobile or our foster families or our military families, it's really just to, to bring in the important idea that Everyone has something to contribute. And when our families and our stakeholders feel a part of it, uh, it just makes our system stronger. So that's what we really want our communities module to encompass and be able to uh, share with our stakeholders. And, and those are two modules that I think will be really important. And that's why, you know, when we say leadership being a part of the foundation to try to bring those other things in, when we ask our stakeholders who are currently the network members who are providing feedback, when we ask them, you know, what modules would you like to see coming out first? We're hearing about leadership. We're hearing about mental health. We're hearing about communities because it's important to the field. They're seeing that these are the questions being asked by our districts and by the families. And so they want support and, and help in that area. So I'm glad that we'll, we'll be able to address it through our modules. Absolutely. Yeah, you are definitely talking our language here at SPED Talk. But I'll tell you what, when you hit on the strategic part, right, it is so important that we as educators maximize opportunities and, and that we leverage resources in a way that is intentional, that it's not just teaching because we teach and this is what we do and we love what we do. It's that, listen, there's a formula here we can, we can crack and we can utilize. We can be strategic in how we plan to plan right? How we prepare for success and how kids, if the focus is on outcomes, but we focus on inputs, inputs, what do we do daily? We can actually change these trends. We don't, we don't look down the road at a test. We don't, we don't focus on that. We look right now, here and now. And so what you're, everything you're sharing is just 
everything I believe. And it's just so exciting to hear this work is going on in conjunction with TEA and through our tiered project and, you know, strategy. I think that's my takeaway is just strategy. We have to be strategic. That's an important takeaway. It, it is definitely uh, about strategy. And so with that being said, I, you know, one of the strategies, which was a, a great thing that TEA implemented as a part of this is that networks collaborate. So as a tiered network, I feel that we're not doing this alone, that all of the other networks, the special education networks that were put in place, were put in place for us to work together so that we're not in these different silos and coming up with things that we think are best, but we're saying, hey, what's happening in your network and how can that be a part of what we're doing? And, and also just being very um, open about what we're doing and sharing those resources. So we put them on our website when they're available. As soon as they're available, they go up on our website so that they can be accessed by stakeholders across the state of Texas. You know, sometimes I feel that we have projects that you're waiting and you're saying, what's going on? I know this was something that was implemented, but I want to see the results of it. We actually have districts that are, are saying, hey, as soon as you have something available, let us know. And we say, great, subscribe, because we're going to put that out there. As soon as it's available, it will be on our website for you to access it. And I mentioned earlier the cadre of trainers. That's another really exciting thing that we're doing at the Tier Network is inviting our first our education service centers who are frontline in most of the supports that are being provided to districts, but inviting them to get a firsthand and in-depth look at our resources that are available so that they can use and access and use those in the field. And we're inviting them to invite uh, some of our LEAs to participate as well so they can also have a partner as they're going out and delivering the professional development so that we're ensuring that we can get as many resources out to as many people as possible across the state. Sounds really awesome. <laughs> I'm going to kind of backtrack on the community. When you brought it up, the community, I was thinking about my mom, who's just turned 85, who's still a member of the local elementary PTA, Sarah, but she's just part of that community. And that's that campus is important to her and other seniors. The more community support they get, the more things that's going to be available to the kids and also to help you know, parents. Uh, and so community is definitely is important and really looking at school through the eyes of those kids enter, the, enter that building, they're entering with something. They're entering with whatever they're bringing from home. They're entering what they're bringing from their neighborhood, from families, from friends, from grandparents, that that one person, that one little person has a lot. And sometimes we forget that. Although sometimes we give ourselves as adults grace <laughs> for being adults, but not for being kids who have a lot of lot of things in their little bags that they're trying to, to deal with and trying to handle. You know, like I say, just having that community part is really essential in, in my book, as well as the leadership. Because even with the leadership, I'm thinking, even understanding the community that you're working in is important. That uh, just because you you're you are the principal of a building, that's one thing. But you're you're in that community now, and a lot of community can't expect people to become part of that community they see those schools and those campuses as an essential part of their community and they want the leadership in that in those buildings to understand the community in which they're working and not just be the drive in and drive out types of leaders. That's amen powerful. That. Yes, definitely. Amen to that. Mm -hmm.
my thought is too is 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 kind of if you're not willing to invest in them why should they invest in you you've got to kind of immerse yourself within and i i that's how i felt when i was teaching that's how i still feel you know working at the agency and and uh, unfortunately it's from a further way out you know i'm not i'm not as hands on as i used to be but i still feel the same way and i think you you hit it right you know hit the nail on the head right there and uh, appreciate that those sentiments because that's exactly where I mean that's where I'm coming from too and uh, I know tear is you had mentioned you, there was an initiative with OSEP and everything and everything coming through districts not really understanding or having a consistency between RTI and so that was kind of the push for tier with tier and uh, MTSS and RTI and all of those pieces is that initiative for RTI still in place how does this differ from the RTI initiative that was put in several years ago? It's not a replacement. This is, it's just kind of, I'd like to think of it as, is uh, MTS as being kind of the umbrella and RTI and PBIS and mental health all falling underneath that same umbrella. Now, the three tier, the three tiered model can fall and, and be used throughout, you know, academics and behavior and mental health. And we're trying to make those, you know, all again, bring that consistency, but it's not really replacing it. This is the RTI is just the academic component of the MTSS framework. So really it's not replacing. I think it's just kind of part of a bigger group that is that same framework that can be used for all three different, you know, academics, behavior, mental health aspect, and just kind of trying to bring it a consistency on how to be able to utilize that framework to improve the outcomes for students. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I know I see the link to the Meadows Center on Tears website and I love that because I know the Meadows Center done so much over the years. Mm -hmm. I felt like for years it was kind of this hidden gem and, and people, really didn't know it was there. And there were these uh, video vignettes and these modules and all this information that, that to me filled in so many of the gaps that I saw in a lot of my colleagues out in the field trying to implement, you know, practice, in, you know, in real time when, you know, being asked to do certain things, whether it be tier interventions or uh, differentiate instruction or especially design experiences for kids so that they can access at their grade level and yet still be you know, spiral down to their functional level. And then, and then not to forget to spiral back up to grade level to make sure we bring them back to where they need to be with their, 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 you know, classmates. And, and, and I felt like Meadows for quite some time had some solutions. They had some answers. They had some ways to fill some of that, that research and that practice gap. Like, Hey, these are examples of how you might do that. But I, I believe kind of like what Frank just said is that was like a piece of what we're trying to accomplish now, which is this overarching umbrella, this 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 process in which all aspects of that child are in, are considered, and tiered interventions are are available, um, and that would be MTSS, the overarching kind of concept uh, process framework. So I just love that you guys are tying into that, leveraging and really in some ways taking that this next step in Texas. Yes, and, and um, I'm glad you, you brought up just the idea of 
how the Meadow Center for Preventing Educational Risk has the connection between research and practice. I'm a researcher, but by heart, a practitioner. And so every time I'm looking at, you know, different research that's there, I, I think about the, the whole child and the whole child being a human being, you know, it's, it's more than just uh, some numbers or or words on a page, you know, we are really thinking about human beings and, um, you know, being housed at the Meadows Center, you know, we constantly have the conversation about, well, we definitely need to do the research that is an important part of this work, but we also have to think about, and, and a part of the TIER project, we'll be having, um, and hopefully next year, we'll be able to have a cohort that actually tries to implement the things that we're talking about and, and the work that's being put together so that we can not only consider what evidence tells us is effective, but let's actually put it in practice practice in Texas schools. And so that is what our next step hopefully in this project will be, that we can look at all of the resources as they're completed and say, okay, now let's get into some Texas schools and let's provide support through coaching so that we can implement and take back information to help refine the work that we're doing so that it's, it's more than just things on a page that we can look at and say, hey, but we're saying real students, real people, real practice, real stakeholders. And that's an exciting part that is, is going to be included this tier next year. And we love hearing feedback as well. So we love when people reach out to us um, at the tier at meadowcenter.org website. Um, I'm sorry, at our email, tier at meadowcenter.org when we get questions or we get um, people saying, hey, have you looked at this? You know, we love hearing from our stakeholders. We love to hear from them so that we can consider that when we are developing things and when we're having our conversations with TEA, because it really does just make for a stronger um, support system all around. Going so, back to the beginning, how did you two become involved with this project? Frank, would you like to start? Um, you, you were there before me, so. <laughs> when, I, when I started with the Special Education Division here at TEA, they had just gone through and kind of started these networks and, and the thoughts and you know everything that was gonna go behind them. And so I've got a behavior background in my teaching. And, and, and so the, they asked me if I was interested in coordinating this project um, because it was, you know, it had that behavior component of it. And I kind of rose my, raised my hand because that, that was a, a big interest to me. And I saw a lot of potential with what the proposal was at that time. I, I drew the lucky straw, so to speak. <laughs> I also kind of pulled on it too, too. So I was, it, it worked out for me. And so that's, that's kind of where, how I ended up kind of the coordinator for this, this uh, network. Um, and Janice actually uh, just started with us and she's, I mean, she has hit the ground like flying. I don't know, running <laughs> isn't even do, do justice for what she's done. Because uh, you just started uh, this, this past summer, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just in July. I've actually, you know, been at the University of Texas at Austin for about 15 years. Prior to coming over to work on the TIER project, I was at the Institute for Public School Initiatives and uh, leading, a, I was the director of academic foundations there. But, you know, I'd been at the Meadows Center for about seven years prior to going uh, 
to IPSI, the Institute for Public School Initiative. So when I heard about TIER and what was happening with TIER, I was actually really excited about learning more. Um, I've, you know, delivered uh, professional development for stakeholders across Texas for several years, provided instructional coaching and support um, for, for teachers and for leaders. And so all of the work that um, I heard about that was already happening prior to me coming over to TIER, I was just pretty excited about it. And then when they needed a project director, I thought, wow, I might give that a try and see if it works out. So it actually did work out. And so I got to, to meet Frank and start working with him. And, and he said it, I, I had to hit the ground running because they were already flying. And so I just had to try to you know, jump in on what they were already doing. And a lot of great things were already taking place in year one. And so I think year two, they probably said, oh, we're moving so quickly. Let's see if we can go faster. <laughs> so I just jumped in on that. And, and uh, we've been you know, collaborating with TEA and like I said, the other special education networks ever since. And it has been amazing uh, just to see the amount of quality work that is coming out of these networks is exciting and I'm excited to be a part of it. I think that's going to be it for us. I am uh, inspired, encouraged. Pam and I get to do this thing that that I think is such a blessing and that is elevate the work of others and celebrate positive things going on around the state, really highlighting that that students with disabilities, and I, I always say it, I hate the word disability, don't, you know, don't diss my ability, right? I mean, we all have differing abilities, and and we're all trying to fill those gaps in for, for these kiddos, you know, uh, my listeners know I was one of them once that wasn't supposed to do a whole lot, and so maybe I'm not doing a whole lot, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, if you follow your passion and purpose and you're going to get where you need to be. And if you focus on helping others, I think um, that's kind of what, what accelerates it. And so uh, Dr. Henry Tier is blessed to have you. I am a follower. I am a fan. You, I, to hear now that you just got this gig and you're like own it. And, you know, I'm just like, wow, let me sign up. You know, I'm, I'm with you. But it's been a blessing having you guys on today. Thank you. And I feel likewise the same. This is definitely, I'm, I'm excited about uh, what you're doing in this podcast. And I hope that people are, are listening and recognizing that so many resources can be shared through this. I really appreciate the invite. Thank you. And, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you all very much for the platform and, get, and kind of helping us put the word out. And uh, we really appreciate it. John, tell everyone how they can continue to elevate the conversation about special education in Texas. You got it, Pam. They can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SpedTalk2020. Because in these disconnected times, connecting with others has never been so important. Now more than ever, it takes courage to create culture and kindness to keep us connected. If you enjoyed this episode of Sped Talk, be sure to share it with a friend. Because information should always flow through us, not to us. We couldn't do this without you, our listeners, and we need your help sharing the amazing transformation occurring in special education. Together, we can change the trajectory of learning opportunities in Texas for students with disabilities. If you have ideas, information, or resources that you think we should share on an upcoming episode of SPED Talk, let us know at SPED Talk 2020 on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and be sure to like our page while you're there. Oh yeah, and if you get a chance, please consider giving us a positive review on the podcast platform that you listen to SPED Talk.
in the moment and the moment is the future. Dreaming with the mental.